0: Welcome to the November 18th, 2021 episode of Blood Podcast, your source for innovative ideas and cutting-edge information. Our topics are based on articles published in Blood, a journal of the American Society of Hematology. First on today's podcast, we'll review results of a phase 2 study showing the beneficial effects of a first-in-class factor D inhibitor as add-on therapy in PNH patients who remain anemic and are transfusion-dependent despite C5 inhibition. Next, we'll review the work of researchers who have developed a neural network that they say is highly accurate in differentiating between bone marrow cell morphologies. We'll close with a report demonstrating that RNA editing of Antizyme Inhibitor 1, or AZIN1, is a novel regulator of hematopoietic cell fate that can influence self-renewal and differentiation. The first article is entitled, Phase II Study of Dinicapan in Paroxysmal Nocturnal Hemoglobinuria Patients with an Inadequate Response to Eculizumab by Austin G. Kulisekiraj of King's College in London, United Kingdom, and an international team of colleagues. Paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria, or PNH, is a rare complement-driven hemolytic anemia resulting from the clonal expansion of hematopoietic stem cells that harbor a somatic mutation in the X-linked PIG-A gene. PNH is primarily a disease of younger adults and can present as hemolytic anemia, a form of bone marrow failure a thrombophilia, or any combination of the above. The Pig-A gene product is required for the biosynthesis of GPI anchors, a glycolipid that attaches proteins to the cell surface. This leads to loss of GPI-anchored proteins, including the complement regulatory proteins CD55 and CD59. This renders the cells vulnerable to intravascular hemolysis mediated by the membrane attack complex which forms as a result of complement system activation. As a result, PNH patients have anemia that may require frequent red blood cell transfusions and are also at high risk for thrombotic events. The treatment of PNH was transformed by the introduction of the anti-C5 monoclonal antibody eculizumab, which blocks terminal complement activation. Eculizumab treatment reduces intravascular hemolysis and related symptoms, reduces the risk of thromboembolic events, and improves quality of life and survival. However, many PNH patients on eculizumab have residual anemia and may still require transfusions. This is because this agent lacks an inhibitory effect on proximal complement, leading to extravascular hemolysis. Due to continuous activation of complement alternative pathway, C3 fragments accumulate on GPI-deficient erythrocytes circulating in the blood. C3-fragment-opsonized cells are then destroyed by phagocytes in the spleen and the liver. Accordingly, there is an unmet need for new treatment strategies. One that has emerged is denicopan a first-in-class orally-administered inhibitor of complement factor D. By inhibiting factor D serine protease activity, denicopan targets the control point of the complement cascade amplification loop. C3-convertase formation is blocked, reducing production of C3 fragments and formation of the membrane attack complex. Kulisekiraj and colleagues report data from a Phase II study that assessed the safety and effectiveness of denikopan add-on therapy in PNH patients with inadequate response to eculizumab, meaning they were transfusion-dependent despite treatment. The study included adult PNH patients on a stable dose of eculizumab who received at least one red blood cell transfusion within the 12 weeks prior to screening. Patients received 24 weeks of denicopan treatment orally three times per day, plus eculizumab given at their usual dose and schedule. Twelve patients enrolled and received at least one denicopan dose. One patient discontinued after two doses due to an adverse event, likely unrelated to the study drug. For the remaining 11 patients, the median age was 48 years. All patients were anemic, with a mean hemoglobin of 7.9 grams per deciliter. 10 patients had a history of red blood cell transfusion, while one did not for religious reasons. A mean of 2.8 transfusions were given in the 24 weeks prior to denicopan. The primary endpoint of the study was met. There was a significant 2.4 gram per deciliter increase in mean hemoglobin, from 7.9 at baseline to 10.3 at week 24. This was accompanied by decreases in absolute reticulocyte counts, total bilirubin, and direct bilirubin. Investigators also saw a decrease in the proportion of GPI-deficient erythrocytes opsonized with C3 fragments, which declined from a mean value of 30% at baseline to a mean of 18% with add-on dinicapan. Importantly, there was a clinically meaningful reduction in red blood cell transfusion needs. A total of 31 transfusions were given in the 24 weeks prior to the first dose of dinicapan and there was only a single transfusion over the 24-week denicopan treatment period. Patients receiving denicopan also reported significantly less fatigue as measured using the facet fatigue scale. Denicopan was generally well-tolerated. Treatment-emergent adverse events were mostly mild to moderate. The most commonly reported were cough, headache, and nasopharyngitis. Taken together, these findings indicate that denicopan led to meaningful improvements in hemoglobin when added to eculizumab. Denicopan is being further evaluated in a phase 3 trial, including PNH patients who remain anemic and are transfusion-dependent despite C5 inhibition. In an accompanying commentary in Blood, Lucio Luzado of Muhambili University of Health and Allied Sciences in Tanzania and the University of Florence in Italy said that increased hemoglobin and decreased reticulocytes in bilirubin are exactly what would be expected when extravascular hemolysis is curbed in a patient with intravascular hemolysis that is already adequately controlled. Overcoming extravascular hemolysis has stimulated development of several agents, including Pegsay Tacoplan, Iptacopan, and Dinicopan. Luzotto reflected on the time when supportive treatment was the only option. He said it is now humbling to have the luxury of debating which sophisticated targeted treatment option is best for a patient with PNH. He also said, quote, We owe it to them to use each one of these medicines optimally and safely, and we must make them available to all patients who may benefit. Next, let's turn to an article entitled, Highly Accurate Differentiation of Bone Marrow Cell Morphologies Using Deep Neural Networks on a Large Image Dataset. The first author is Christian Matek of the Institute of Computational Biology, Hemmholtz Zentrum München in Neuherberg, Germany. In this study, Matek and colleagues applied machine learning techniques used a large dataset of microscopic images to develop a neural network that is highly accurate in differentiating between bone marrow cell morphologies. Machine learning algorithms have advanced rapidly in recent years, especially in a field known as computer vision. Computer vision is a subset of the artificial intelligence field concerned with adapting machine learning algorithms to recognize objects and patterns. Because of advances in computer vision, today's smartphones can recognize faces. Google image search can accurately identify complex images and the field of self-driving systems is advancing toward a time when cars may be able to perceive the road better than human drivers can. The same thing is happening in medicine. Computer vision algorithms have been used to label radiological and pathological images. They have been applied in skin cancer detection, mammogram evaluation, and cytological classification in the peripheral blood, among other applications. However, some tasks have proven difficult to automate. One of those is the evaluation of bone marrow cytology. Microscopic examination and classification of cell morphology is mainly done manually by clinical experts. This is time-consuming, tedious, and highly dependent on the skill and experience of the examiner. Most attempts to automate evaluation of cell morphology have focused on classification of physiological cell types or peripheral blood smears rather than leukocytes in the bone marrow. Deep learning approaches have been applied in some cases to bone marrow cell classification, but so far, most of those attempts have been done using a limited number of samples representing a limited number of diseases. In the present study, Matek and colleagues applied deep learning techniques to a large data set of more than 170,000 expert-annotated single-cell images obtained from 945 patients diagnosed with a variety of hematologic malignancies. They digitally scanned the images and separated them into 21 different classes, including myeloid and lymphoid malignancies and non-malignant conditions. Then, cytologists at the Munich Leukemia Laboratory were asked to annotate the slides as they would in routine clinical practice. They trained a deep neural network using those images. A neural network essentially represents a mathematical model of neurons in the human brain. More specifically, they use convolutional neural networks, or CNN, the most common type of neural network used in computer vision applications. As described in further detail in blood, results of the machine learning model were very encouraging. A high level of precision and recall was reported for the most diagnostically relevant types. As expected, performance was lower for rarer classes. In addition, the network was compared to an earlier type of automated classification system based on features that are selected and extracted from different parts of the cell. The network outperformed the feature-based system in almost all cell types. The authors also describe independent validation of the model using 627 single-cell images from 30 slides obtained from 10 patients. In about 39% of cases, the network was not able to predict the class. Most of the remaining cells were classified correctly by the lineage. Investigators noted that the validation set was fairly small and heterogeneous in terms of staining and background lighting of the images. They also said different imaging and annotation strategies could have contributed to these validation results. This study represents a significant step toward integrating machine learning models into clinical practice, according to the author of a commentary that also appears in Blood. In the commentary, Aziz Naza of Amazon Web Services said that machine learning algorithms will substantially impact healthcare over the next decade. He said that while these technologies will not replace physicians and researchers, they will definitely help improve patient care and research. He quoted business professor Oren Harari, who once said, The electric light did not come from the continuous improvement of candles. Based on that observation, Nazar concluded, quote, If we really want to have a significant impact on healthcare in the future, we need to start embracing the impact of these technologies and learn how to use and integrate them into our daily workflow. Altogether, findings in the report by MaTeC and colleagues help illustrate the potential for automated evaluation of bone marrow cell morphology using advanced algorithms for image classification. The performance of the network might be improved by expanding the morphologic database, for example, in a multicenter study. Inclusion of complementary data from cytometry or molecular genetics might further increase the quality of predictions. Also, more work is needed to evaluate the performance of this network in a real-world diagnostic setting. In addition, the dataset of microscopic images underlying the network could be considered an educational resource and a reference for other AI-based approaches to analyze bone marrow cells in the future. The final article is entitled comprehensive RNA editome reveals that edited ASIN-1 partners with DDX-1 to enable hematopoietic stem cell differentiation. The first listed author is Feng Zhao Wang of the Chinese Academy of Medical Sciences and Peking Union Medical College, Tianjin, China. In this article, Wang and co-authors report that RNA editing of antizyme inhibitor 1, or ASIN-1, is a novel regulator of hematopoietic cell fate that can influence self-renewal and differentiation. The homeostasis of hematopoietic stem and progenitor cells, or HSPCs, relies on coordination of complex pathways and processes that balance self-renewal with differentiation into mature blood cells. RNA editing is one factor known to regulate the function of hematopoietic stem and progenitor cells. Adenosine to inosine RNA editing is the most common form of RNA editing in mammals. This editing process is catalyzed by the adenosine deaminase acting on RNA, or ADAR, family of proteins. These include ADAR1, which is widely expressed in tissues and involved in hematopoiesis. ADAR1 knockout mice exhibit embryonic lethality, possibly due to defective hematopoiesis in the liver and conditional deletion of adar one alleles impairs replenishment of hematopoietic stem cells, though exact mechanisms remain unclear. Further interest in the role of RNA editing in hematopoiesis led to the present investigations by Wang and colleagues. They performed a comprehensive DNA and RNA sequencing analysis in 12 murine hematopoietic populations. This allowed them to map the RNA editing landscape and identify specific adenosine to inosine editing sites. They utilized in vitro colony formation assays to identify RNA editing events that were related to HSPC function. Among these events, a recoding editing site in ASIN-1 was highly edited in HSPCs. The investigators found that edited ASIN-1 allows for the normal process of hematopoietic stem cell differentiation to take place. By contrast, the loss of ASIN-1 RNA editing blocked the differentiation of hematopoietic stem cells non-edited asin-1 protein preferentially localized to the cytoplasm, which forced HSCs to proliferate rather than differentiate, leading to failed bone marrow reconstitution. After editing, the asin-1 protein AZI translocated from the cytoplasm to the nucleus. The authors performed immunoprecipitation and mass spec to show that edited AZI interacts with deadbox helicase 1, or DDX1, a protein known to activate gene transcription. Edited ASIN 1 protein selectively interacted with DDX1 in the nucleus and cooperated with DDX1 to regulate transcription of key genes involved in hematopoietic differentiation. Of note, ASIN 1 is among the best studied targets of ADAR1 in cancer. In previous research, increased ADAR1 mediated editing of ASIN 1 was associated with progression in myeloproliferative neoplasms, chronic myeloid leukemia, and multiple myeloma. Furthermore, Deregulation of RNA editing via 8R1 promotes the transformation of pre-leukemic into leukemic stem cells, increasing their capacity for malignant self-renewal. Thus, the observations of Wang and colleagues in the current issue of blood are of broad interest. In an accompanying commentary entitled Upping the Antizyme, authors Luisa Liddell and Catriona Jameson of the University of California, San Diego said that this dissection of regulatory networks that maintain stem cell function is both timely and impactful. These novel mechanistic insights regarding the regulatory impact of edited ASIN-1 on stem cell function and differentiation will enable future research with clinical potential. One limitation of this study, however, is the use of murine model systems. The author said ADAR1-mediated editing is mainly seen in primate-specific ALU sequences. Accordingly, the data from the present study in murine cell populations should be confirmed in human hematopoietic stem and progenitor cells. Nevertheless, the findings by Wong and co-authors provide an important resource for future studies of RNA editing in hematopoiesis. The findings help lay foundational work that could lead to the development of novel therapeutics that target edited asin one or downstream regulators. You have been listening to The Blood Podcast. For a list of additional authors, as well as more detailed articles and commentaries on which this podcast is based, please go to www.bloodjournal.org. Be sure to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.